send one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. A paradigm shift. I don't give a fuck. I like the song, okay? I like the song. This, this is what we're gonna do. This other shit. You remember this shit? This is old 90s shit. Yeah, you what the f- Who likes this? You like this? This is a good song. You don't remember this song? Dude, I remember friend, this song. Friend, I don't remember anyone got married liking this it. Recently. My friends got married this week. You know what? This one's to my boy Sean and his lovely uh, wife, okay? They get, just got married past month. Came back from their honeymoon. I, I told you about that, right? They went to they went to Europe, and then they're like, oh, where? everyone's like, hey, where are you from? They're like, oh, we're from Texas. Like, oh, my condolences. You know, all the guns. I don't know what y'all's problem is with guns. <laughs> all <laughs> like, the guns, no that. women having choice. You should intro the podcast if this is going. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Missing the March with your host, Nate and Kyle. We, uh, we, I don't know, we're, we're trying not to talk about wrestling more and more, but we talk about wrestling. We break down everything happening in the wrestling world, and we kind of just shoot bits silly about whatever's going on and whatever we got on our mind. You know, we just try to show about it, by the way. If you don't know the songs, Savage Gardens. Julie Madly Keith. I still love the song growing up. I don't care what anyone says. And uh two of my best buddies from the world got married to the video. I was telling the guys how you know when they came back, everyone uh they went, they went on hunting for Europe, right? And I said everyone's friendly to the whole part. And when they, everyone came up to them, so like, hey, we're from Texas. Oh, you know, we're sorry. Sorry that you're from Texas. We're going with your gun control. You know, I know what the problem is. You don't do anything about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, when half the people don't think it's a problem, you know, that's where we're at. But anyway, you can find us on uh, all streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, USPS, Blockbuster, Netflix. Uh, all that fun stuff. And, uh, oh, how are you doing today, baby? I think I nailed it right with him. We're kind of, we're, we're, we're becoming Hunter Hunter. Yeah, I know, dude. We're just kind of, uh, man, we've been taking hiatuses lately. I mean, listen, shit gets busy. I think, like, last week, the time I had free, it was like 7 8 o'clock. And I was like, man, do I really want to record for an hour and a half, two hours, and then edit it right away so I can go to bed? <laughs> I was just not, I just had like no time last weekend, but I'm doing good, dog. It's football yeah. season. We're coming back. More pregame, more preseasons. Uh, just chilling, dog, for the most part. I've been, wrestling has been so good lately. It's hard to keep track of every fun thing that's been happening lately. Yeah, dude, we're, we're eating really good, dude. In honor of NFL season, you know, we're, we're, we're making this happen, baby. We're making this happen. So you're just playing you know all what? of the music today, aren't you? Yeah, you're goddamn right. It's fucking football season, baby. And what better way? What better way to celebrate the season than the preseason? Because it's getting hot in here, baby. <laughs> We're going good. We got the Mexican cumbia NFL out here, and I'm ready. Okay, I got stuff marked on my calendar. I'm not talking about the NFL right now either. I'm talking about college football. September 10th, Utah plays Bama, and I hope they get the crap kicked out of them. I'm a Bama fan. I'm a Bama fan that day. Welcome to the SEC. Texas. Bunch of trash. Archie Manning. He's a nice kid, but I don't know if he's got the LED forehead like like Peyton does. But I hope his team loses. Respectfully. I, I don't give a shit about college. I We talked about this with Avery the past few times we hung out with her. And I just, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, I, I'm like an honorary LSU fan this season. So I think this might be the first season I keep up with, but... 
Normally, I don't, I don't, I don't keep up with the dog. It's just, I don't know. NFL is just better. I don't know what it is. I, I hope, I hope Jimbo can put his differences aside with uh, uh, Tapatino there in uh, Tuscaloosa, and uh, you know, just okay, care about beat up that. That's that's the hashtag. No more beat up Johnson. Uh, you know, A M's Carl Anderson and uh, Alabama's uh, Luke Gallows. And it's just hashtag beat up Texas. No beat up John Cena. AJ Styles could beat LSU. That's an honor. Hey, every you're listening, that's an honor. You get AJ Styles. LSU gets to be AJ Styles. Sick. That fair enough. I'm, I'm in. I'm in for it, dog. That's that's fine. I I'll, I'll be an LSU fan. I'll keep up this season. Uh, you're just gonna throw me in. You're AJ LSU Styles fan, but AJ Styles like the actual he's, he's a huge Georgia fan. Oh, but, well, rip. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't have to know that I'm talking, I'm comparing him to LSU. We're doing it for Avery's sake. And shout out to you, Alan, too. You've been tearing it up. The boy, the homie. Oh, my Pistol. God, dude. He's, he's, been, he's been running rough shot throughout the Indies lately. I'm so happy for all the opportunities. It's been cool seeing him and Brooke actually start doing some angles together, doing working mm-hmm. together. That's been pretty cool to see, too. So check those. Check those homies out. Big fans of them. Yeah, I think he was on what New Japan the Juniors, right? He was the, uh, he was who was he facing? He, he was on. He was on. Yeah, he was on New Japan Strong, taking on the junior heavyweight champion uh, Taiji Ishimori. Ah, uh, well, hopefully, well, I didn't get to see the match, but I hope it was a good one. I saw oh. Dax Hardwood was on a card as well too, but uh, I'm glad. And you know, what? I'm really glad Alan Angel stepped out of the Dark Order. Uh, no disrespect to the Dark Order or anything, but like. You know, I I hope it wasn't becoming apparent. Like, how can I say this? I think in the eyes of some fans, he was becoming sort of a joke character. And I don't think he, from if I had a surmise, he didn't want to just be known as a joke character in a big promotion. Like he wanted yeah, to be more, more, com- come more, to on the com- more on like the comedy, comedic relief kind. Of, like that's the only that's the only way that he could, like that's the only way they were able to present themselves as for a long time. So I mean, I mean, it was what when he just left. AEW and he was just he made oh god who was it was it Alex Shelley what that was going to be his opponent on the indies he mm-hmm. made that promo video and you you shot it over to me and you're like holy fuck dude like more of this Alan give me the, give me all the, the give me Revenge of the Sith Alan the, the good dude can don't <laughs> give him the worst movie in this entire franchise oh my god Alan you hear this you hear this horse shit <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but dude, I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Alan. He's tearing it up. Uh, Stu Grayson actually just tore it up with Eddie over in Canada this past uh this past week. Nice. I was watching oh, yeah. some I was watching some highlights and man, the fact that he's so athletic and only conveyed like like ten percent of what he can do in the ring during his time in AEW is crazy. That's that's yeah. Insane to me. I I think like AEW has a bloated roster problem. By the way. Like they got too many, they got a lot of talent. It's good to have some talent in the backfill, but they don't got enough TV time for all these people. And it's obvious, it's starting to get a little obvious that some talent is not just okay with being on dark and elevation only. Like they want to dynamite TV and stuff. And yeah, uh, by the way, Brian Alvarez had a really good argument about the women's division, how uh, they're constantly put in that death slot of like 9 20 p.m. Eastern or whatever. I mean, or yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're always like, like one they're always match. second or third last to go. Yeah. Like I, I, I like the women in AEW and I think they have a lot of potential. 
Um, obviously, WWE's women's division is super talented, and they got a lot of freaking strong talent that's, you know, pretty much uh, proven on a, on a big scale and stuff. But AEW has a lot of hidden gems, and they got a lot of people who've had, like, national prominence and stuff. Give them the freaking ball and let them run with it. Like, I would love to see another women's main event match. I would love to see women match open again. That's, you know, good quality and stuff. Or just more often of that shit, you know? Like, give me some of that. Like, give me two, give me like two women's matches per, per Dynamite or something. Instead of just on and, Rampage or whatever. And, and it's not even just more matches. Like, I just need more story behind them. Like, that too. The, fa- the fact that women were, well, I think I shot, I shot you this text. Like, the the women's match this week on Dynamite was like the only appearance of a woman like two hour, like almost an hour and twenty or hour and thirty minutes into the show, like that was the first sight of women on this entire show. The two involved in the in the one match, it's crazy, and it, and they they do have a bloated roster problem, and I mean the only way people get on dark and elevation is when they have squash matches to pad the record, so that. And, and and it it's a tale that I've I've seen all the time. If they're on dark or dark elevation, they're gonna finally do something of of it, even if it's small prominence on television. They get a little win streak going, then they're featured on TV just to be like, oh well, I guess that didn't work. The crowd wasn't popping for like if you're Kenny Omega or if you're Cody Rhodes coming back. Like fuck it, I guess you go back to elevation and dark when we need you. It's crazy. One of the most egregious examples was Emi Sakura and Hikaru Shida. They have some, they have such a storied history behind them too. You could tell the story of the teacher and the student. Give like a two minute promo for them each to hype up the match and give them like your opening spot or give them like the, I don't know, even freaking the top, the top of the hour or something, you know, something. And but commentary pro- couldn't give yeah. less of a shit either for that match. Yeah. You had Mark Henry making jokes and trying to get over his comment. Like, it was just, what a shame. Yeah, like, they need to do more with the with the women. Give them a story. Give them stuff. Like, I ha- I feel like I haven't really been invested in a women's storyline since Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, if I'm being honest with you. I was a little bit invested with Chris Statlander's return and, like, her eventual build to taking a title off of Jade. That's what it looked like it was going to be. But they just waited too long for that. Also, Julia Hart. And I understand, like, it, it seems like AEW does this thing where if they don't have the pieces of the puzzle that they want, they stop, and they just stop the story, which they did with Julia Hart for, like, three months because Ray Phoenix wasn't around or something like that, right? Well, it was reported. And it's like, yeah, uh, what, it was, what WWE does good on the fly is, you know, change and tool things. And I think they need to get better with that, you know. You could still tell the same story. You don't have to have the characters necessarily there, I guess. But it's just, right. they, they got to do better with the women, man. And at AEW, I'll give them all the credit in the world. They are a lot; they're a lot more receptive to changing shit. But for some reason, I don't know if they're not getting to know about the women or if Tony Khan just doesn't care. But they gotta do something with these women with the women division, man. Like just it's like, like Brian Alvarez said, it's got there's one company that's gonna give you good women's wrestling, and there's another company that really isn't. So. Yeah, I mean, like, like. Let's let's look at WWE a, a week or two ago, and you know Triple H is still getting in charge. We talked about how they basically built a women's tag division in about twenty thirty minutes. You texted with, me that right when right yeah. when like the opening segment happened with 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 Bailey's faction and then like Alexa Bliss and Oscar and like all the like all the women pairs came out. You're like, 
dude, they put a, they they made me care about women's wrestling in ten minutes because you could tell that there's like, hey, they're moving the pieces and setting up something to build off. And like yeah. we and you have talked about this so much since the beginning of the podcast, and we were like, fuck WWE, it's trash because of the booking. It's so easy for WWE to get their shit together, but they couldn't because they had you know, uh, they had the they had the goofiness surrounding the the creative decisions. But now that that's gone. Look at look at it's fun now. I'm liking it. I I'm thoroughly enjoying like 85 to 90 percent of like Raw, which is crazy to me because I could barely enjoy like 10 percent like a month or two ago when we tried watching it. Um, I mean, like just Dakota Kai, Io Sky, and Bailey carrying like I feel like they're like the torch bearers for like oh we're gonna make. Uh, tag women's tag wrestling matter. Um, I, I feel like that's already done leaps and bounds. Like, I'm very interested in these matches. They get a good amount of TV time. A a good portion of the match isn't in picture in picture or during commercial the way AEW does. I just don't. I wish I could understand Tony Khan's reasoning, and he's very brash about every other fucking opinion he has about how he runs a show, except when it comes to women. I just wish yeah. I wish we knew why he decides to put one match that feels, you know, in in a little corner of the AEW universe. Like, I mean, you had fucking you have the women on Raw interacting. It feels like one long story that goes between different characters. Whereas AEW is like here's story A, here's story B, here's story C. They're in the same little world, but they're not connected to each other. Like the fact that it was just, it was a small thing that I loved a couple weeks ago when Bailey, Eosky, and Dakota Kai were walking in the back. They're leaving, and as they're leaving, the Usos come in. They st- they take a look and they 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 kind of show like respect because they're heels, of course, both heels. And then they they switch to the Usos' perspective and what they're there for, like small shit like that to show that this is a big shared show and not just here's segment A this week. It, now let's cut to segment B to segment C. The fact that it feels like just one long interloping storyline is great. And I wish AEW kind of put that piece of the puzzle together because they're just not hitting on that one. I'm really glad you brought, you brought that up because I, I really love the creative decisions and stuff. And I, they were doing this in NXT too, but like the use of the backstage facility, right? Or the backstage area, like make it feel like a live event like like show us people walking around in the background people in catering like make it feel like these dudes are there chilling but like in, in kayfabe you know that's why i really love like like remember in uh like an old attitude era when like the rock he'd be in the backstage with his championship and he'd knock on a door and it it'd be in the middle of nowhere but it was like the apa playing poker with other people in the back like make it feel like a freaking show like these people were like not just sitting there waiting for their spot to be called up like like make it feel like it's a live thing you know and that's what I really like about WWE right now, like the whole backstage interactions, like all oh, these, like the, like this is people like getting ready. These are people doing stuff. They're interacting. Like, even, like it, it's one for, it's one giant shared thing. Like everyone exists within that spec, within that space. Like, as you, as you said, and I, I really want more of that. And AEW's kind of like, here's this thing. Here's that thing. Like you said, there's like a conveyor belt. And I kind of, I kind of missed, like, I felt like it was different in the old days. Like in, like when it first started out, like Santana and Ortiz, remember when they were brawling in the back with the Young Bucks during the, when the first uh, Inner Circle stuff started happening? And, like, yeah. they go into a restroom, and then there's Orange Cassie just sitting there bullshitting. Like, that stuff like that is so much more cool, you know? Instead of just, oh, here's segment. Like, it, 
it's becoming it's becoming WCW esque or so like that. That bull is becoming too produced. <laughs> oh, and I don't think I don't think Tony Khan hates women. He's not Andrew Tate. Oh, there's another goofball. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, I just I I I don't know, man. I don't know what numbers he's looking at or anything. Or I I don't know what he gets. The only woman that he feels like. The only I, and it could be just the fact that Britt Baker takes the reins as hard as she does. Like that is the only woman on this entire roster for AEW that feels like gets the main event spotlight, gets the time to air out storylines. And again, this could be this could be all Britt. Britt could just be running with it and fucking doing everything the way she wants to do it. And power to her if she's doing it because that's the only time women feel like they're getting the spotlight is when Britt Baker's involved. I wish it was a little different. But I fucking I guess it is what it is on that. Yeah, man. I mean, disappointing. Yeah, dude. I don't. I, I don't think you're Andrew Tate, Tony Khan. Don't be Andrew Tate. No one wants. To yeah, be. don't be Andrew Tate. You fucking god. I I have two friends who are teachers, right, for Northside in San Antonio, and they they said that they've heard their kids want to try and like imitate Andrew Tate in their classrooms. Like, like what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? Uh, like, uh, okay, um, dude, do we want to get the rundown of who went? Like, I don't even want to. It is what it is. But let, he, here he is. He's a misogynistic piece of shit. There you go. That's the that's the, that's the big that's the big memo. Yeah, and he and he made his career off of kickboxing and stuff. But he's recently blown up on TikTok and everything because some of the misogynistic shit he said and everything like that. And 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 look, like, if people people are complaining like, yeah, he should have the right to say what he wants to say. But dude, Facebook and Meta, well, Meta and like. All these social media platforms, when you sign up for the terms of service, you're abiding by the rules. So freedom of speech doesn't necessarily apply to that. They can terminate you for whatever. But secondly, I, man, it's you, like oh, – Hold on real quick. You know what else I fucking hate about people in this day and age? Mm. They say freedom of speech as if that means I can go and yell racial slurs in the street and I'm protactive. Like freedom That's not what freedom, freedom of speech is. That doesn't mean freedom from consequences. You have the exactly. right to say and, it, but – you, you could get in trouble for saying shit. But you also, know, get fired. Free, fr- freedom of speech is the fact that the government can't censor you. Like, just because you're like, you want to go say the N word in the fucking town square and you say, I have the freedom of speech, that's not what that means, you fucking dumb shits. Like, like what the? Like, like people can't fucking comprehend simple law. God damn. I, I, before I get back in, I him. I was having a conversation with my friend too, and he was having a conversation. Like he he does he, he smokes cigars and stuff. So he's a young guy like us, but he went to a cigar shop and he met two older gentlemen who you know they're 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 real big gun enthusiasts. They smoke cigars. That that kind of demographic. They sounded like like nice people and stuff, but they started getting into the whole gun control debate. And he actually had a really good conversation. And the long story short was like take take for example like the rights to bear arms with gun control. Yeah, we should have that right, but also people people don't realize it's like okay, I want I I want to have guns, I want to have stuff like that. Okay, but there's also a measure of responsibility for owning those guns, just like there's a measure of responsibility for you could say what you want to say, and the government's not going to tell you shit, but there's still a bare measure of responsibility you have for the stuff that you say and who it affects, and blah 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 blah. You know, like that doesn't mean you you don't have consequences if you use that freedom irresponsible, and people don't understand it. It's just like the enti- it's like an entitlement thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, they're fucking stupid. People yeah, are fucking goofy, dumb. Goofy. Goofy boogies. But, 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 goofy but, boogies. Yeah, but anyway, like, Andrew Tate's the boogie of the week. He got the, he got the platform and whatever. Screw him. But, like, dude, I, I know people who are like, 
oh, he's going against the status quo. I listen to him and stuff like that. I've heard some of the stuff he says, and like he um, he he hams it up too. But but you can hear the vitriol in his voice. Like this dude genuinely, to, from where I'm standing, this dude thinks women are are, are he, he thinks women are below them. Like he's like if you listen to what he says and stuff and everything, and you you probably shouldn't. It's not worth your time and everything. But I, I know people who are like, hey, look, check this out. Like dude, you listen to this goofy shit. Like this dude hates women. Like he and he's got like like from what I my understanding, he's got charges against them in different countries because he's doing stuff to women and like, he got he's, a video. He's, he's goofy. You know that he's like technically he's basically trafficking girls. Like he grooms 16, 18 year old girls and takes them to a different fucking country where he expects them to like be his property. Like he can say that he's being an alpha and all that goofy, dumb fucking red pill shit all he wants, but that's basically that's basically trafficking that's, people. That's that's dumb. That's dumb, dude. Look, like, okay. Let, let me let me say this because there's like let me say this for all the men out there, all the fellas. I and, and Kyle, you can chime in here. I do think men need a forum where they can discuss men's shit in a healthy and responsible manner because women have that and other people have that. They sh- We should all have a forum where we could talk about stuff that's relevant to us in a healthy and responsible manner. But when you start getting to the point where you blame someone else and you don't hold yourself accountable or you start saying, oh, you know, all men ain't shit or all women ain't shit or blah, 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 you're dumb. You're goofy because all you're doing is blaming other people for your, your misfortunes and stuff like that. I, I like I said, I do think men need a forum to talk about men's shit and everything like that, but in a healthy, responsible manner. And fellas, if you're, if you, I can assure you, if women don't want to talk to you, or if you can't get dates or whatever the reason, it ain't because these women suck. I assure you, it's because you're an asshole, right? Yeah, fucking get them, get those fucking dorks. Stop blaming. It's your fault. It's your fault. And I say this with love because I want to see you succeed. I want you to be happy. And I want you to succeed. And the women too. Women too. Like, don't men stop men stop blaming women for bullshit. It's it's your fault. Learn to freaking if, if it don't work out, learn to take the L with grace and move on. It happened, it sucked, whatever. You did what you could, just move on and learn from what, what happened and learn learn the faults and, and and move on. Yeah. So don't be don't be sitting there like why don't you will me? Who cares? She don't want you. Yeah, it's over. Be proactive. <laughs> go, there's there's Steam Summer Cell coming up in the winter. Go buy some some games. Play. Go go become the best version of yourself, man. And I understand sometimes that not might be enough, but there's eight billion people out there. I'm sure someone's gonna like you. But if you have infatuated with some girl because she don't like you or she don't want you or she dumped you or whatever the reason or vice versa, blah 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 blah. Let it go. Okay, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't be Andrew Tate blaming women. Trying to say that they're your property or any of this goofy dumb shit. That's dumb. Stupid. Don't be a dumb asshole. It's yeah, <laughs> that don't easy. Be dumb. Yeah, don't it's... be these red pill insoles that start want to start a war on women because you're you're bald, you're ugly, and you, you you can't get a date, dude. That ain't that ain't the way to go, man. Seriously, yeah, hammer that's them. Not, get them. Fucking get them. That's not. All you could do is control you. Realize that you can't control everything else, and you shouldn't try to. But you can't control how you react. And how you grow and how you deal with shit. Yeah, but that's that's like you want me to take responsibility for myself. Fuck you. I'm yeah, gonna you, blame you, women. No, you dumbass. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing into it. I get it. I know, man. But that, with that, you. That, that, that's a, that's a thing, man. Like all these dudes that get popular, like Andrew Tate, that get popular because they they crap on women and stuff like that. 
dude, that that like once you start blaming someone else for your faults or for why you can't get stuff, and then like the, you hear that like you would say stuff like, "Oh yeah, you're, you're telling me I hate women, but what color is your Bugatti? What color you? What? Yeah, I, I don't have a Bugatti. My my, it's, I, I don't have a false color. equivalencies because he's fucking. Yeah. You you see that fucking pyramid scheme that he runs? The, the Hustlers University. Fucking stupid. My fucking god. I've I've known a lot of people that I've respected in my life. People I went to fucking like I went to high school with. I fucking know a lot of people that have been in the pyramid schemes. Like goddamn, dude. Multi level marketing and stuff. But I'm just like, dude. Like, and some of them I know who are. are I thought they were smart. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Fuck. I wasn't gonna go all the way there, but yeah, okay. I mean, like everyone, I've been I've been suckered into stuff too, but nothing that goofy, you know. Just like, like, dude, do you not have common sense? Do you not see that in order to keep your business model alive, it requires exponential growth. Like you constantly need more clients, and then you pass on that bullshit to the next sucker who pays you. Like, let's say, let's say, hey, cow, you know, I, I want to sell, uh, I want to sell booty shorts to you, right? And I'm starting to so that starts. Uh, <laughs> so booty men's booty shorts so when they deadlift they you know it's easier for them to deadlift whatever the case may be uh you give me 500 bucks and i'll and i'll give you two and i'll give you 20 pairs of shorts that you sell at 30 bucks uh 30 bucks per pair or per 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 short and the thing is you get to keep the 30 pair and if you sell them all you gotta do is give me 10 percent, and you keep the rest of the money so like let's say what this, i'm gonna do the fucking math real quick yeah, I, I was gonna uh, say you're doing way too much fucking actual like number math for me right now. Yeah, what the so fuck? I thought this was gonna be just a hypothetical. Shorts, Thirty pairs of booty shorts for the whatever. I, I give you X amount, you sell them, and you get to keep the money. And then when you get that, I give you another pair of shorts, and then you, you and then you spread it on to three other people, and it just keeps growing and growing. But it relies on people keep having to subscribe to the bullshit, the, the multi-level marketing of bullshit. I didn't explain it well. I don't care, but you get the idea. You're goofy. You're dumb. Don't do that. Herbalife, trash. Oh my god, the amount of people I know that fucking went into Herbalife, Jesus Christ. It's, it's either Herbalife or, or real estate, dude. It's like not all of y'all can sell houses. Not all of y'all can sell me. Uh, what what does what Herbalife sell? Goofy pills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Goofy pills. <laughs> and I know some people who are real successful in real estate, but it's like it's like the default either. Oh, I'm gonna go into Herbalife. Or I'm gonna go into real estate. Like, dude, get no come on, come on. Yeah, Become go to fucking trade school. Goddamn, dude. Become a welder. Fabricate sheet metal. One of my old buddies is a plumber. Goddamn the money he rakes in. I mean, fuck the work he does. I would never want to do it. But I mean, He's going to go him. eat. You know what he does? He goes to Andrew Shane and be like, hey, what color is your Bugatti? I got three of them, and they're all red. And Andrew Shane's <laughs> like, huh? I, I lease mine, huh? Fucking yeah, while, while he's, get him. While he's dragging around it. a freaking sex doll because he can't get a girl, and he's like, hey, God, yeah. fuck it. I don't know he's what Andrew Tate's body. doing right now, but he's like he's gripping his chest because he's fucking getting got right now by Nathan. He's a championship kickboxer. He could kick my ass, but he's not, a fucking puto, is what he is. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> the one that hates women. Okay. Yeah, fuck yeah. I sleep I sleep soundly at night next to my awesome fiance because I'm not a woman hater. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm not really dating anyone, but I'm not unhappy either, and I don't blame women for my fucking problems. Okay, it's my fault. Okay, yeah, no. boy, it's my fault. I am responsible for me and my happiness and my it's happiness your fault. You go to sleep lonely. It's it's my fault. I go to sleep <laughs> with joy only. It's my fault. But you know what? I'm honest with myself about it and I ain't unhappy. Ugh. I'm chilling. 
Because I'm the, I take the proactive approach. I got wrestling. I got a Steam account. I, I got I wouldn't even say, <laughs> like like bits aside. I wouldn't even say it's your fault because that implies like a negative connotation. You're just not. You're just not. You're just. You're single right now. That's all it is. I'm chilling. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm talking about in the in the confines. Like let's say if I was, let's say if I was sitting here to you bitching that I'm lonely and like oh no girl wants me and stuff like that. You'd be like, boss, it's your fault. What what is it about you that makes that doesn't make women want you? Doesn't make people want to talk to you? It's probably your attitude. No one wants to hear you bitch. <laughs> uh, I mean, your attitude's gotten better over the past couple of weeks. I don't know what it is. I have, I have long COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got okay. Like in, in all in all honesty, man, I've been through a lot the past like two months with COVID and uh, been, goofy yeah, America been, mass shooting. You've been through a hell of a fucking yeah. You've been through a hell. Well, of I've, a I've been a little. I've been I've been a little annoyed. But as soon as like me, me and Kyle got on here to record a podcast, and Kyle's like, "Man, you sound different today." And I'm like, "I'm doing better." <laughs> like I'm I'm models. <laughs> No long COVID. Rolando Super Tacos, shout out to them. I still have to cough. And honestly, man, when I talk a lot, my throat kind of hurts. Like, I've noticed it too. Like, three, like a couple years ago, when I used to sing in a car, I used to, I used to hit certain notes and octaves, and it wasn't the best, but I, I could sing. Like, I felt comfortable singing, but now, like, when I try, it's like, I don't know what's happening, man. I think my, I think it's all the, all the voices I do, like, go get that, go get him, go tack on the I, I don't know, dude. Like long COVID's a thing. Ever since you've been recovering, you've had like this little like phlegmy, like nasally cough every now and then. Like I've, I've uh, had the Andrew Tate throat. Oh Jesus Christ! Boogies, full of <laughs> Okay, I didn't know. I'm glad you elaborated because I had no idea which way you were gonna go with that. <laughs> well, we called him a boogie, so there's nothing. But probably, it's probably boogies and irritation in there. You know, kind of describes Andrew Tate. God, what a dick. Let's talk about wrestling. I'm tired of talking yeah, about this dick okay. shit. Andrew Tate's boogie of the week. Give him, give him boogie. Boogie, of the week. pin it, pin it. Vince McMahon, you've been dethroned. Yeah, Andrew Tate <laughs> is a new boogie of the week. Andrew Tate, stop being, stop hitting women, dude. Just stop. Probably can get arrested beforehand, but and when you're in jail, stop hitting women. Fucking dipshit. Anyway, let's start with Monday Night Raw. I feel like now that we're actually watching shows, I feel like just going sequentially in order is the is the way to do this little format. What do you think? That that I think I think that's cool, man. Let's let's go through let's go through let's just talk about the good things this week in wrestling. You know, one gotta break down everything's like, hey, this is what happened on Raw. This is cool. I liked it. The, the general big picture, because if we try to break down everything, uh I might actually become Andrew Tate. I was <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I was kidding. God, <laughs> damn. Okay, wrestling. not with the women, but with the wrestling. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you elaborated. Not, I love women. I'm never gonna blame women. Oh man, like, let's see. Like, how much? How many times have I stuck up for women here when dudes complain about why are you having OnlyFans? They can't get it. How come they don't want to date me? Because I give them a hundred bucks a month for OnlyFans. They don't need to. Shut up. You're dumb. Go get them. Yeah, Drain their bank account, baby. Go get them. Get them. Oh, uh, let's see. We had another women's tag team championship tournament match. Alexa Bliss and Oscar taking on Nikki Ash, almost a superhero, and Dewdrop. I am hoping we're slowly getting uh Dewdrop back to her like indie day, you know, uh indie day uh kind of persona. Uh she hasn't seemed like the bubbly random fucking like just random heel now. Uh, it feel it feels like she's kind of going back to Piper Niven 
her old her old persona. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I'm very happy that there's not been a bullshit like can they coexist kind of dynamic, especially so with like so Alexa stupid. and Asuka. That was so dumb. Like they could have easily done that with Alexa Bliss and Asuka, but I'm glad they're not. They're just two women on the same page, just ready to win fucking championships. Like that's that's fucking great. Like, like just just don't overbook your shit. That's all you don't need to do anymore in wrestling nowadays. People aren't fucking dumb anymore like they were back it's in the. It's very 80s. simple. The rules. You understand that? It's very simple. Simple that a God. baby can. Un- I don't. That Instagram account, no context, Dusty's, and no context there, man, makes my week. I'm sorry, Nero. I, I, I love, I love when you send me them with like, with like the little captions. It's great. Dude, the, the, those, uh, did you see the one I put this past week with Ric Flair? <laughs> oh, like, when you're when you're like, when you're drunk and you're gonna order your nuggies and burgers. <laughs> After <laughs> the ring. Woo! Oh fuck! Oh man! Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm sorry about that I, laugh. No, you're good, dog. I'm just so glad that we're actually getting actual. Like women's wrestling, I'm glad that Raw can provide that itch for women's wrestling I've had lately. Um, is like when I don't watch indies or any other promotions out there. Um, they've been they they put on a lot of women's matches and they're not just five ten minute squashes either. So big ups to Raw on that. Uh, let's see, Champ on the Miz took on Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, and it was so fucking good to see Cedric and Mustafa just be themselves. Like holy shit, what a different dynamic it puts on than rather have them be like boring generic wrestlers like Vince wanted them to be. God damn. Get him out of here, boo. Boo, we don't talk about Vince, boo. Like, the fact that they just came out to do a wrestling match with two other great wrestlers in Champa and The Miz, that's all you need to do. All the fucking personality is going to come out. All the reason fans are going to care about these guys are going to come out. Just let them go do their goddamn thing. Yeah, all, it's like, it, it's you know, easy. It, it, it's like, can you believe this? Like, this is like looking at the ancient text and figuring out, hey, we had the tools all along. You just gotta let these professionals be professional. Oh, can you like, imagine that, Kyle? Like, do you remember when Mustafa Ali was head of Retribution and how fucking awful that was? That was. Uh, did you did you hear that he was like that? That was Vince's idea of like making fun of Antifa or something. Yeah, because they had it was it was about the time with the I believe around the Ferguson riots, um, and uh, they they, like they were just trying to have them like be rioters because they were always like doing vignettes of them breaking shit for no reason and then never elaborating on it. So I think that was Vince's little little jab at them because you know Vince he always has he doesn't he doesn't say his show is political but I mean it kind of fucking is. How much did he donate to the Trump Foundation again? But oh my five god, million? Like five million dollars! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Twenty five million, million bucks, baby. Five million to the Trump Foundation. Fucking five million dollars to hush money so he can keep like, praying on women. Me, man, if if you're asking me, like, I don't know if it was budget cuts anymore. You know, it's just it's hey, there's no way, dude. Like the fact that Triple H can bring back Allegedly. these people ASAP, like. Let, 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 let's look at a big number. I mean, like Dakota Kai, first off, comes back at SummerSlam. Hit Row comes back a week later. Karrion Cross comes back literally the, the week of Triple H taking over. 
There's no fucking way that this had to be budget cuts. It was Vince having to shuffle around money because he's like, holy fuck, I forgot I had to pay $500 million to this woman that I was coercing into sex. Allegedly. And I need to pay her this month, allegedly. And I need to pay her this month. It's coming up. The rent's due. Let me allegedly. just move. Let me cut these people, allegedly. The rent's allegedly due. Let me just <laughs> cut these fucking people. And then Triple H says, fuck that. Let me bring them back because they're fired unjustly. For no goddamn allegedly. reason. Allegedly. allegedly. Because the, the alleged rent was allegedly due. Allegedly. <laughs> like, come on, dude. There's no fucking way that this was just budget cuts. No fuck. I You, you got to pay me to believe that shit. Pay me allegedly. $5 million, Vince. That's allegedly. my hush money. I won't say it was fucking, but I'll say it's budget cuts all goddamn day. Probably it'll just get pseudo oblivion or something. I don't know. Son of a bitch. But anyway, yeah, dude, like another fantastic re another fantastic example of just letting wrestlers be fucking wrestlers. Kevin Owens took on Drew McIntyre in an impromptu match, not scheduled. And this was fucking great because not only did Drew McIntyre say we're wrestlers in a wrestling ring. Let's just wrestle. Oh, my God. That promo was fire. I got Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is fucking fire. If he's not the guy to dethrone Roman at Clash of the Castle, I'm fucking. I might give up a little bit more on WWE because Drew McIntyre is firing all cylinders. Kevin Owen comes out, and I'm glad they're doing this shit. I'm glad Drew is not just waiting for his match with Roman coming every week to just talk about the upcoming big match. I'm glad he's actually having wrestling matches, and Kevin Owens in his fucking. Prize fighter persona coming out here not taking bullshit. He wants to fight Drew McIntyre. They tear the house down for what? 20 minutes or so? And even though it was a disqualification, the Usos run interference, beat up on Drew McIntyre because, like I said, he's taking on Roman Reigns, the Clash of the Castle. This wasn't a bullshit nothing DQ finish. This DQ finish set up an interesting storyline because Kevin Owens said, hey, Tell your tribal chief he owes me. And then the Usos get the shit beat out of them by Drew McIntyre. So not only did you set up a branching storyline of Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, you also set up the fact that Drew McIntyre doesn't look like a fucking loser getting beat up by two jabronis who have only won and gone so far because of their cousin. Like, this is great. This is great all around. This is the one DQ finish I'm fine with in WWE for so long. Hey man, that's a good summary, dude. Like we're we're uh no more my Tribal Chief. We're like Tribal Queef now. I like Tribal Queef better. It's more it has a bigger punch, you know? You know what I'm saying? And and, and uh, on top of that, like if you could not tell Triple H said fuck it, do your promos whatever feels natural and good to you. Like Tribal Queef and saying wrestlers three fucking times in the same sentence. That's all that's all you need to know that Vince is actually gone. And Dude, he's I bet not. You, he was, I bet you he's watching at home, but like, <laughs> he's got to be having a here. conniption. You see the mushroom cloud from here. That dude hates the word wrestlers, wrestling, wrestling ring. It's a and I'm glad word. they're finally just doing. They're just fucking saying it. Thank God, no more bullshit. It's a dirty word to him, man. According to Paul Heyman, that that promo is still relevant. <laughs> like, I I don't know, dude. Triple H's way of doing it has just made the show feel way more watchable. And it could be some rose-colored glasses. I'm not going to lie. I meant to bring this up earlier. Like, it could be that we're noticing a lot of faults in AEW more just because WWE has actually finally stepped up. 
And that's what they mean when they say competition's good in the market, dude. If you have show A, let's say AEW, does so well for so long because show B was guard, like dog shit, but then show B gets its shit together, you're going to start noticing some shit that was wrong with show A, but you were fine with it because it was a lot better than what you had. So dude, I think... I, I, I'm going to be straight up, man. The only reason it. I'm not giving WWE the promotion of the week is because Kenny showed up and that Brian versus Garcia match was so good. And also the Mox, Mox promo was all right. If, if they're heading to the CM Punk thing, but, uh, oh, you we'll know, get there. We'll Kenny, get Kenny, there. Kenny saved AEW this week. We'll get we'll there. Yeah, for sure. I do want to talk about uh, a little bit more about raw. Cause yeah, for uh, sure. Bro, Bobby Lashley has Bobby Lashley, triple H, the entire production has made the United States championship feel so much more relevant again. Honestly, to me, that title might be the second most important title in North America right now. Like, the weekly defenses, back-to-back, he defended it last week against Ciampa, defended this past week against AJ Styles. Like, the fact that they're making it a workhorse title again, the way John Cena elevated it, the way oh, that... Oh, that was so good, that run back then. But the way, it's a, the way it's supposed to be fucking used, dude. This is supposed to be the title you put on the person that you know is going to put a banger week in week out with any and every opponent that'll make them look good while also bringing prestige to the championship. It's not a hard formula. John Cena took on Kevin Owens when he was the NXT champion. John Cena won. Sure. But he made Kevin Owens look like a million bucks. Kevin Owens star power rose exponentially that fucking day. The way they're using the United States championship finally is, is so great. They gave these men 20, like seven minutes or so of a fucking wrestling match. No bullshit. Like there's a little bit of shenanigans, but there was no DQ finish. It didn't stop the action. It didn't turn into a tag match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, no, it didn't I'm, cause I'm... any boy. Like the Miz and Champa came out and I was worried. I was like, don't make this Bobby Lashley and AJ versus the Miz and Champa. Like, don't do that kind of shit. They always loved to do that back in the day. And it wasn't. Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles tore the house down. I think it, it might be match of the week for me, but there's some reasons why I don't think Garcia and Brian was match of the week, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, they, they, they tore it the fuck up, dude. AJ Styles took the spear like a champ. Bobby Lashley retained the championship. Very great. I'm very glad that Bobby's getting the spot because he's always deserved to show that he's not just a fucking guy who looks great. He can wrestle like a fucking monster, too. It's been awesome. Dude, I, I agree 100%, man. That that was actually a really good match, and Bobby Lashley's been on a tear the past two weeks. I'm so glad we have a fighting champion because as much as I love Wardlow, the booking hasn't done him any favors with the oh uh, Don't even get defenses. me started. Uh, the, the TNT title back in 2020 and 20, 2021 was the title to me. It was like under what – and I, again, I stand by this. When 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 Miro lost it to, to Sammy, I just, I just didn't care about it anymore. Like it just – it, it it died to me. I don't like, think Miro should have lost that either. I think Miro should Miro should Miro should if Miro would have lost it to Warlow, that would have been a star making moment. I, Even more so I than MJF. I think the first three title reigns, um, not counting Mr. Brody Lee, uh, but Cody, Darby, and Miro, their their defenses and and their reigns were so fucking amazing, dude. Like. Cody defended it week in, week out. That was the storyline when he dropped it to Mr. Brody Lee because Cody was just too worn out. Cody wins it back in their immediate rematch, whatever happens. Uh, and then Darby Allen wins after failing during Cody Rhodes' first reign as champion. 
wins it, sets a record of nine defenses throughout his entire run. Miro, I think, had about eight defenses. Um, and, and that's when the title meant something. Not like it hasn't been defended, I think, in over a year on pay-per-view. Every time a pay-per-view comes up, and it's only four times a fucking year, the TNT champion is somehow just not able to defend. And I get it. It's a television championship. It should be defended on TV. But, like, make it matter more. Just because it it, it is a TV championship doesn't mean it can't be defended in a pay-per-view. Like, come on. Stop making the fucking TNT champion just part of random multi-man dumb gimmick fucking matches. It's fucking dumb. No, I agree, man. Like, the TNT's booking is, is night and day compared to when it was, like, at the height of pandemic when Cody had it, Mr. Brody Lee had it, when Miro had it. Like, I enjoyed those runs. Like, they that title felt special. And honestly, right now, I think what Triple H is doing with the U.S. title and Bobby Lashley is even is on par if and I'm not going to say it's better yet, but it's definitely on par because the competition Bobby Lashley is facing isn't like, oh, it's just, you know, this this person coming this indie wrestler, like this indie wrestler of the week coming in or, you know, someone in the mid card. No, these are former world champions, NXT champions he's going against. AJ Styles and Ciampa aren't no walk in the park and kayfabe here, you know. And they, they were, like, taking it to him, too. So it's just, like, it's good to see. And, to, like I said, the U.S. title to me is one of the, is the most important champion. And, it, and oh God, I, I don't even get me started with Gunther. And, but Walter Gunther, I don't care. That man, whenever he has a match, I, need, I, I, I always go out of my way to watch. He's, probably one, he, he's, he's, like, one of my top five in the world at, at usually at any given point in time. He's one of my favorite wrestlers right now. It's... Yeah, Gunter is they're they're bringing prestige back to the because for the longest time the Intercontinental Championship didn't mean a goddamn thing either, but his reason to title defense against Shinsuke Nakamura was fucking insane. His upcoming title defense at Clash of the Castle versus Sheamus, that's gonna be fucking nuts. These guys are gonna beat the living shit out of each other. I'm so excited for that match. Like, I I'm I'm so glad that these mid card titles are finally gonna be elevated to what it means. Like. Just because you're going to see the WWE and the Universal Championship defended a lot less doesn't mean it takes the prestige away. The The mid-card is always and should always be the workhorse championship. Those are, those are again, just a person you can always rely on to put, a, put on a fucking great match. And I'm glad we're finally getting that. It feels so good to see these titles be relevant again. Because for the longest time, you and me always called, like, these were just fucking, like, props. To elevate Roman. <laughs> like... All these titles for the longest time meant nothing. Like, oh, Sami Zayn's the Intercontinental Championship. Cool. Like, I guess you, remember you can when carry FTR around the lost, gold belt. By, by the way, you remember when FT, FTR, the Summer Revival at the time, lost in a handicap match? Excuse me, against, like, no. the woman? And they had, no, like, their tag team titles? No way. They did I, not I, lose I, the tag team I, titles. I think, no, they didn't lose them. Well, I think they lost to Roman and someone else. But let me, let me, let me keep – I'll circle back to that. Uh, let me Google it on the side right but, here. I'm just I'm just glad that titles are actually becoming relevant again and they mean something. I I mean, I feel like even though it's been lazy and it feels like we've been in a repeating hold of the Usos just holding on to the tag titles and Roman holding on to both top titles, I feel like the eventual people that dethrone them, it's going to mean way more and I hope Triple H can take that in a in a very good direction cuz it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how much work they've put into the mid-card titles, how much more work can they put into the main 
top titles of the brand. So we'll see. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, let's see. Dakota Kai took on Dana Brooke. That was a great match. I love Dakota Kai. Even though it was more of a squash match than I kind of hoped for, I'm glad that it shows that Triple H wants her to be wrestling. Dakota Kai, I don't think, ever got... Uh, I think this was her first televised Raw or and or SmackDown match, so good for her. I'm glad that she got in the reps. Um, they're they're going to be going on into the tag title tournament. Very excited. And let's see. Main event, uh, Austin Theory. Well, I guess Theory took on Dolph Ziggler. Um, and, and again, this was a... Uh, this was a great match. I saw people shitting on it because they're like, these two shouldn't have the main event slot on your big show. But that just shows that Triple H loves wrestling because he put two great fucking wrestlers to wrestle in the main event. Theory won after a lot of false finishes. I thought Ziggler was actually going to win a couple times, but Theory prevailed. Theory won. Mr. Money in the Bank still going to be a looming threat to Roman Reigns and or Drew McIntyre. And we'll just see where it goes from there. I hope he's not the chosen one anymore because Vince is gone, so... We'll see when we get there. Did you find out about FTR? I've been vamping. Nah, 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 nah. Keep, keep, keep going. I'm, I'm still doing it. I, I, I know they, 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 uh, they. I think I can't remember they were champs at the time, but they did lose against Roman and Ashley like in a tag match. And this was like I think in 2018 and stuff. But uh, yeah, the, the FTRs and and in WWE got oh, their main yeah. roster booking of the revival just gets me in so mad. I mean, I mean, their debut was great. They came out against the New Day. They beat them in a in a in a good match, and then after that, it was just kind of slowly downhill. Remember when they were shaving each other? What the fuck was oh, that about? Oh yeah, like remember when Nicholas and Braun Strowman run won the tag titles? <laughs> yeah, did they? Yeah, but they didn't win them off FTR. I don't think. I think they steamrolled the whole division before they won it. No, they won it like at WrestleMania or something. They won it from someone stupid. Like it was a dumb team, I think. Yeah. Uh, God, who was it? Now I'm thinking about it. Um, they beat. Who did you beat? Oh, they beat the bar. So I like the bar. The bar was a great tag team. Good job, Claudio. That's your Ring of Honor champion. Lost to a child. Good job, dork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Braun Strowman steamrolled the whole freaking thing, and and I don't know what that dude's doing now, but it sounds like control your narrative's dead. By the way. <laughs> Good, I hope so. Fuck that. It was dumb. Yeah, because EC3 is in uh, NWA now. Yeah, fucking dork. Um, and let's move on to Dynamite, dog. Uh, it was presented by House of the Dragon for some reason. I'm not going to watch that bullshit, are you? House of the Dragon? Uh, I, dude, I, I don't just... trust anything coming out. Of, like, I don't fucking give a shit about anything Game of Thrones anymore after the last fucking show. Honestly, yeah, man. I kind of fell out of love with Game of Thrones, If I'm like to be a little bit frank with you. Like I, I let's talk about Game of Thrones for a little bit because you watched it from the beginning, right? Like as it premiered, like all the years over. I watched the first two seasons. No, I didn't watch it as it premiered. I watched like the first two or three seasons one time. Like I was at my buddy's house, we stayed over, and we just watched the whole like two or three seasons. And then I stopped for like season four and five. I repicked it up, and then I started watching like like around seven season six or seven. Like binged everything and started watching around that time again. And yeah, then okay. you know. Because I feel so fucking bad for people who followed it since day one. I started like on season seven or like one like the the penultimate season, and I binged it up until the the season the series the final season premiered. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna watch the final season like as it premieres. It's gonna be cool. And it fucking sucked. And all I could think of was like, man, there have been people who've been watching since episode one 
was like live, like premiering on HBO, all their watch parties, and like this is what it fucking led up to. What the fuck? Dude, I'd be pissed. It was all poo poo. I'd be pissed. Hey, at least the Breaking Bad fans had it good. Y'all ate good. Oh, dude, we we Breaking Bad, Better Call, Better Call Saul. It, it was, dude. That is a well-written show. Like it's that's one. Like the Breaking Bad universe is one of my favorite mediums or favorite stories altogether. It's just so good from end to end. Better Call Saul did the uh, series justice and everything, and it's just chef's geese, chef's geese. Nice dog. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I one day I'll watch those shows. I don't know if I'm gonna give uh, uh, House of you know George House of, House of George Booty. Martin again. House, House of, of Booty. Boogie. House, House of I can't finish the fucking book. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> dude. He's never gonna finish those fucking books. Nah, he's Fuck not. It. He's a pee 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 Wonga. Let's see. Uh, CM Punk made his actual return. This week, calling out uh, not only John Moxley, but Hangman Adam Page. And then this fucking started a swirl of rumors and reports all fucking week long about Punk having actual heat with Hangman Adam Page in the back. Apparently, Punk is unhappy with his positioning in AEW. He's mad at I, everything like, going like, on. If that's true, man. It's like, dude, how could you be mad? They're giving you everything you could want. Well, he's mad because Cocabana still has a fucking job. That's what he's pissed about. Excuse me. Sorry, bro. <laughs> oh, you missed my joke. Fuck it. Never mind. No, I, no, I heard Cocabana still has a job. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. If you didn't know, Cocabana and him used to be best friends. Turned ugly after a big lawsuit against WWE. All became about money, apparently. I don't know who's the bad guy. I don't really give a shit because I don't know these people personally. But uh, ever since Cocabana is still with AEW and he's been moved on to Ring of Honor, People are, it, it, this could be true or not. I don't know. I really don't fucking know. Every every other person in the world says Punk's the nicest person, and then every other person says Punk's a real cunt in real life. So who knows? I don't give a shit, though, I guess. Um, people are saying that Punk is legitimately upset that Colt Cabana is still with the company. So take that for what you will. Again, <laughs> I don't know these fucking people in real life. I don't. I don't think I have the fucking gall to judge them on how they personally live their lives. If they're a piece of shit, they're a piece of shit. I don't fucking know them. I I have not been given any proof that he's a piece of shit in real life. What are you what are you dying about over there? <laughs> Just the way he outpunks a cunt. <laughs> well, I mean shit. I mean people people are saying left and right that he's a dickhead in real life, that he's the fucking the second gift from God. I don't know, dude. I don't fucking know him. <laughs> Whatever. He's a, he's all I know. And all I know, this is me fucking, this is me doing a shoot. All I know is that punk does not deserve the title. He is fucking not a great wrestler right now. The storyline, the stories he tells are pretty good. But as far as entering action, goddamn dude might be, uh, might be time for the wheels to fall off because I don't want you doing this shit much longer because you're just going to, as long as you're on TV, you're going to be the fucking guy. And I'm fucking, I'm over it. Fuck it. Get out of here, dork. <laughs> that was a shoot, brother. Oh, sorry, CM Punk. I don't like you anymore. But, I don't want to play with you anymore. But, I mean, he uh, he called out Moxley. They said, let's fucking do it. I don't like you. Yada, yada, yada. Moxley said, fuck you. I don't like you either, punk. Uh, they started brawling. They did the thing that gets every AEW little fanboy wet and like 
They had security come out. I hate this fucking... I hate that they've been doing this way more often. Security breaking up fights. Like, sick of it. I did like the little shot of Claudio coming out and, like, big brother in John Moxley just fucking picking him up, deadlifting him around. Oh, dude, that was, was pretty cool. Fucking fun. <laughs> I'm, I, I love the fact... And I, I want to believe this because I don't know if it's true, but I like the fact that everyone in the Blackpool Combat Club knows, like, hey, any given day, I'll beat the fuck out of you. But, like, hey, reel, reel it in a little. You know what I mean? They keep their boys in check, but they know they'll beat the shit out of each other if they need to. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, this would later come on to show up again as Tony Nese was coming out for a match. John Moxley fucking pushed him and Smart Mark over while falling himself. And said, fuck it. Hey, punk, you cunt. Come, let's fight again. Let's fight right now, bitch. I'm sick of waiting. And uh, they brought again. Interrupted some match, apparently, that I don't think was supposed to actually happen. But they said it was. Um, they brawled to commercial. And then they fucking announced that Punk versus John Moxley for the undisputed AEW World Championship will happen next Wednesday. Not I, I'm at all out, actually. I'm actually kind of hyped for that. I'll be hyped if it doesn't end Suck. in an overly booked, stupid way. Uh, MGF. We'll we'll get let, let's 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 talk about other stuff real quick and let, let's finish the rest of the show before we talk about that because there's a lot of things we could talk about. But uh, Daniel Bryan took on uh, or Brian Danielson took on Daniel Garcia in a best two out of three falls match. This match, I feel, should have been match of the week for me, but and I, I and I hate that I have to do it like this, but I have to watch it how it's presented to me. You know what I mean? I no, need that, to, that's, that, that's fair enough. That, I think that's that's fair. I need to evaluate how it was presented to me and how the show ended up playing out the way it did because most of this match was interrupted and the flow was broken up so badly with picture-in-picture picture and commercials. Like... I saw people say they tuned to the commercial free streams, and those are like the international streams on Fight TV and shit. And I'm I'm sure that made it a thousand times better. But from what I saw on cable television on TBS, this match was just okay for me. I wish I wish I was poppy, and I wish it was enthralling me the way that a lot of other people saw. The, the last five minutes were great. Daniel Garcia is an amazing seller, and everything looked like he was being concussed. So fucking good. But as a whole, I give the match like a B. It was good. I liked it. I'm it was not... a solid match. I thought. Yeah. I thought. I, I guess I, I'm kind of with you. I thought it was gonna be match of the match of the week contender, but obviously that goes to Okada and Osprey. Uh-huh. But it was it was it was good. It was a great TV match. But I, there's other matches that I could think of off the top of my head th- that were on TV that were better to me. Yeah, Dax I'd probably, versus Zach, fucking. I'd probably, I'd probably give Brian. Yeah, I'd probably give fucking Lashley over AJ Styles over this one. Oh yeah, that's that's an easy that's an easy one right there. Honestly, but, I don't even gotta think but, about that. But I'm glad uh, Brian Danielson's back and able to do these long kind of matches. There was a really funny article about um, there was an interview with Hangman, and they were talking about his hour time limit draw with uh, Danielson, and he said the the worst part of that match was seeing this motherfucker do jumping jacks while he's trying not to dry heave. I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> that but, dude, that man's cardio. He does like all this freaking yoga and shit. Fucking uh, yeah, he's great. He's I'm a, so he's happy just, he's back and having powers, the matches dude. he wanted. His vegan powers, like like in Scott Pilgrim. 
Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to be a vegan. I don't give a shit how much cardio I'd have. I fucking uh, got to eat I the like, meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm very happy he's back. It seems like he's having the matches he wanted to have when he first came over to AEW. And a good little tidbit of storytelling was Danielson was giving respect to Garcia after the match ended. The entire arena was chanting, you're a wrestler, not a sports entertainer. And this made Chris Jericho come out, attack Danielson from behind. And then now this is setting up a dissension angle. And next week, Daniel Garcia will confront Chris Jericho live on Dynamite in the ring and see about the future of the JAS. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be funny if the JAS falls apart this fast already. But I'd I'd rather have Garcia in Blackpool Combat Club. I would I would think like a good replacement would be Lee Moriarty, you know, get him in there because you do have uh, Stokely Hathaway's uh, faction kind of building up pretty nicely, but they could do I, I think they could do a storyline where it's like, you know, Stokely Hathaway's good eye for talent, and one of my clients, Chris Jericho, was uh, looking for kind of a retainer just in case, you know, presents Jericho as a guy who's kind of one step ahead, you know, something like some goofy shit like that, and here comes yeah. Lee Moriarty. That'd be interesting. Oh. Well, I'll definitely give it the benefit of the doubt to see how it plays out. Stokely Hathaway is so fucking good. So we'll see where that comes out of. Uh, let's see. What else happened? Uh, I mean, the main event, Kenny Omega finally made his glorious return. I was oh. smiling ear to ear, dude. It was so good. To see angel the me like, and you were popping so hard and we were texting each other. Like, Annie was so excited all day because, I mean... They basically said Kenny Omega's returning without saying Kenny Omega was, was It was returning. the worst kept secret. Just like CM Punk. Just like his debut. It was the worst kept secret ever. But, I mean, Kenny coming back was so great. The fact that he got to work with the Bucks for this trios tournament was so great. The match itself was okay, I guess. I, it didn't do much for me. I was just more excited about the fact that Kenny Omega finally returned from injury. Uh, JR fucking hated this match, Nate. I don't think he necessarily hated it. I just think he was getting worked by Don Callis and like the whole injury thing, you know? Like, I think he was trying to, he was, I think he was too stuck on a point that didn't really matter at the time and he just couldn't let it go. JR's commentary has gone so fucking downhill for me. Like, when he, I've said this before, but when he doesn't like something, he really doesn't like something and he's fucking annoying about it. He's like literally the guy that's in your friend group and you invite over a bunch of your friends and you're going to put on a movie or something and he just has to like pick it apart because he hates it. He's the guy that never shuts the fuck up. Exactly. That's literally JR when he hates the smallest iota of a wrestling match because he'll fucking harp on it all goddamn match. And I've seen a lot of people who were like, Super into the match. I've seen a lot of discussion of people very much into this trios match, and JR was killing it for them. He was literally the worst. If your commentator is literally making people hate a match, you're not doing your fucking job. I don't give a shit if you're the fucking voice of a generation of wrestling. Do your fucking job right, or go the go to the fucking unemployment building. Goddamn, dude. JR has been. So insufferable on the mic. Like, God, stop ruining my shit. <laughs> You're ruining for me, God dang it. <laughs> fucking taking me out of the fact that Kenny Omega is returning after a fucking, like, eight-month hiatus of injuries 
All because you can't stand the fact that this is what wrestling is sometimes. It's flips. Who gives a shit? That was a PWG match. God damn, But it was good. It was good. I liked it. JR sure fucking didn't. I I don't think when I, if I remember correctly he wasn't complaining so much about the match he was complaining more so about like I was kind of injured was he injured and Don Cow was like you can't no, no, no. like Don, Don Cow sounded like to me he was trying to keep the match together and character but he worked Jr into his shoot because Jr couldn't let go of the whole injury thing because I don't I don't remember I, there I don't were remember a few him. spots where Jr was like well I guess this is what wrestling is nowadays when they were doing their flips and. Nick was doing the Lucha Libre spin and they were doing like all the young buck and the elite like tag moves. Uh, JR just fucking nitpick shit left and right. It's so fucking annoying. (laughs) Motherfucker doesn't let me just enjoy Kenny Omega's return. Get him off dynamite. You don't fucking need him. Excalibur and Taz and, and Tony Schiavone. It's enough. You don't need a four man fucking booth. You don't need yeah, four. You don't. you don't need four fucking people yelling over each other, trying to get over whatever fucking dumb thing they think is amazing to say over with the audience. Chris Jericho is one of the fucking most annoying and worst people on commentary because he never, he always has to have the last fucking word. He has to have the last fucking word all the time, and he always has to remind us that he's a fucking wizard, that he's the Lionheart, that he's in the JAS. Oh look, that's the JAS. We're we're the JAS wizards. I don't give a fuck. Shut the fuck up and let the match go. God, okay, here's, dude. Hey, okay, okay. Here's here's to me. Here's two differences. Chris Jericho's in character being a heel commentator, but when I listen to him and he's commentating, he puts he's putting over the match and he's putting over the heels and his goofy. You might hate it way, but he's doing his job. Jr. is just kind of actively shitting on the product pro- product at times. When he doesn't like it, you, you understand? Wish, you, you I understand the Chris, I I do, and I just wish Chris Jericho would turn it down to a fucking six. He's at a nine constantly, just fucking yelling and just being obnoxious as fuck. And I get it, you're a heel. Just turn it down a little, dude. That like, might be fair enough, but I still hate Corey Graves more. <laughs> I I I I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't hate Corey Graves as much as I hate Jericho and Jr. on the mic. Jed, Corey Graves just naturally annoyed. Like he's just, he's just annoying. Just like Chris Jericho, naturally annoying. Just annoying. Like, I, 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 different strokes for different folks. You know, like That's I fair. like Chris Jericho. I like, I like fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I like Chris Jericho, but right now, to me, Jr. Jr. is getting on. Like, and I, I like Jr. a lot, but he's starting to get into that zone where it's like, hey, man, like, you're, you're. You're starting to get into the territory where I'm even starting to think that it might be time for you just like to, you know, get the fuck out of here. Go fucking retire. God damn. Yeah. No mama's I, I, I wish you came back to wrestling because you were uh, like a hundred percent excited for commentating matches and opening up to newer styles of wrestling. I just, at this point, I feel like you came back as you were fucking bored at home. Jr. You know, what? I'll oh, give Jr. some credit. Christ. One of the biggest, no, one of the biggest things that he would like talk open shit about was Orange Cassidy, but now he's one of his biggest fans. That dude did a one eighty on Orange Cassidy because he realized this is what it is. I think he's, but I, I I think that there's still enough of that old man, you know, the wrestling stuff that he's kind of got to get over. But 
I'm glad he at least got over that, you know? Oh, I don't remember that, actually. That's funny. Yeah, like, well, we'll watch his older interviews. Like, he's even admitted, like, I, I, he talked about how, like, Orange Cassidy, like, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. And I was being asked to put over something I didn't understand, I didn't like, I didn't get. And I was like, I, and I, I kind of, he's like, I had to talk to myself. I was like, hey, GR, listen to the reaction. Listen to these fans. They're enjoying it. Figure out why they're enjoying it and figure out how you could put that over for them. And he had to take a step back and just get out of his own mindset. And he's like, then, and, to, and then like, he, I think he was talking to Conrad Thompson, who's, that guy's a, that guy, that, Goofy too. Because that Goofy dude was talking, too. yeah, like that, that, that dude was talking, like uh, apparently he reached out to DDP and he was like, hey, you know, you, maybe you could have a last match too. Like, dude, these guys are old and retired. Stop trying to milk them for every event, whatever you're trying to do. I, I don't know. Just that's the way it comes off to me. But anyway, going going back to uh, other what, 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 Conrad Thompson gave me the goof right now. So let me go. Oh, oh Jr. and Orange Cassidy, right? Play out. He was like, "Oh, now I get it, and now I like it because he saw the star power. He saw how the crowd was reacting to it, and I think he's. It sounds like he's trying to get that way with Dan Housen too, but." The thing is, Orange Cassidy could go. Dan Housen's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's as good as like Orange Cassidy or anything like that. But his character works amazing and phenomenal. So like someone like Jr. who just doesn't get it, probably take more time for him to realize it. But you know, you know, older guys stuck in his ways, you know. So, but I'll give him credit with Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna I give will. him shit. I'm gonna, I, him I fucking, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give him his fucking pink slip. Is what I'm gonna give him. I think for big the big big shit, you need him. Like one of the reasons I love the Kenny versus Brian Danielson match is because that was Jr. in Jr. peak form. He was selling the match. He was selling the story. He was selling the moment, and I was just enamored by it. I was like, "This is some good shit. This is this is Jr. This is Jr. in peak. You know, this is what you pay the man for." And yeah. I was there for it, but uh, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I guess I've never been like sold on the fact that Jr. needs to be the one doing the big AEW stuff. Like, yeah. if he's not there, it would make no fucking difference to me. I would not be questioning where the fuck Jr. is. I'm just, I would just be, I would enjoy one less person in the booth talking about wrestling. That's that's all that would happen if Jr. was suddenly not there. You know, what? fair enough. I, I I'm still willing to give Jr. to the end of the year, but you know, he hasn't. He's getting, he's, he's, he's decreasing in relations a little bit, but you know, each his own. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, I'm very excited for what Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks will do in this trios tournament. One of the best little things of storytelling is I think that they can do is every week Kenny Omega shows up with, with one less piece of like physical therapy gear. You know what I mean? Like, Next week, no brace. Next week, no undershirt. And then for the finals, all he does is wear the, the kinetic tape. And I think that's a very good, small little storytelling. I know the elite love the do- the small details. I think that's a very nice little detail they could put into this. Fair enough. Yeah. I like uh, that too. Uh, by the way, like my, uh, I was talking, I was talking to, to my brother and he was, his, uh, his fiance is like medical field. Like she, she, she's a genius. She's, medical guru right work works in the field and everything and she was mentioning that all the stuff kenny was wearing was like damn like 
this dude has a shit ton of fucking injuries. Like, what the fuck surgeries did he have? Because I guess she didn't know the context and stuff. And she was explaining to my brother just, like, all the shit that he had to go through, that he must have had to go through in order to, like, have all the all that all all that like tape and stuff all the the what, what's the word i'm looking for the the equipment for for his uh injuries you know you know what i'm saying i get you yeah so you know as a cat like a viewer who's trying to get into aw like she was like oh dang you know putting put she should be on commentary really putting over the injuries and surgery she is put her on instead of jr <laughs> yeah dude like i'm just so happy kenny's back uh i think this trios tournament is very interesting because you can go a number of different ways. I personally would love to see United Empire beat Death Triangle to take on the Elite in the next round because Will Ospreay took on Kazuchika Okada in the G1 Finals this past week. Oh. Came up short, but in a fucking amazing match, dude. Like, God, dude, when, dude, Ospreay uh, and Okada top three. Dude, when when Ospreay brought out like all like like all the moves that was used to beat Okada. He brought out like, the high fly bid. flow a la Tanahashi, the Styles Clash a la AJ Styles. He even did the fucking V trigger and attempted the one winged angel like Kenny Omega because Okada and, o- and Osprey have wrestled about eight times at this point, and Okada is winning the series one or seven to one. Osprey Jeez. talked about this going into the finals. Osprey said he's gonna study and learn from everybody who's ever beat you because I'm gonna beat you without any help this time. And he's, this was going to be the G1 where Osprey finally gets over one on Okada. And Osprey put out all the stops. I like that he didn't get the one-winged angel. I'm glad that. I'm glad that he used Kenny's moves last because we've been moving towards Osprey versus Omega at some point. And now Osprey and, Ok- and Kenny are on two very similar but different paths because Kenny is not 100% coming back from his injuries. Osprey is not 100%. His confidence is shook. He just lost the Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship just, I think, yesterday. So, Osprey's spiraling. He needs to find out what he's made of. And I think if you use this trios tournament to really build themselves back up, and then you have them meet somewhere down the line in a big one-on-one after they're both back to being 100%, like, that's match of the fucking century contender right there. Dude, for real, I, I, I think you have to do it in New Japan. I would hope I, so, but I don't think fucking Tony Khan would let Kenny go to New Japan for that kind of match. I think he would try well, strong arm it for the states. Here, here's the thing: New Japan said at Wrestle Kingdom, AEW is going to be there. They're going to have a presence there. So it's it, I I unless until I see it, I don't think it's going to be anything big. I think at very most you'll get multi man tag matches. The most, the biggest name I'm willing to bet as of right now, 8-21-2022, I will say that fucking Kip Sabian will be in a fucking eight-man tag match. And there's your AEW presence. I don't think it's going to be main event stars. Fuck no. I don't think that. Until I see it, I don't fucking believe anyone bigger than Kip Sabian will be in New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I, I... I disagree because, and I would be pissed if it didn't happen, because New Japan gave you like some of its biggest stars show up. What do you mean you can't give me Kenny? What do you mean you can't give me freaking Malachi Black? What do you mean you can't give me Miro? What do you mean you can't give me CM Punk or Brian Danielson? Like, I, I, I if I, if that were to, if they gave me Kip Sabian, I like Kip Sabian, I'd be like, you know what? 
Triple H is in charge now. I'm gonna go talk to him. From New Japan. I don't, I don't know, man. I just, I, 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 and like I said, until I see it, it's all been all, it's all been all mostly all take from AEW. I can't see them giving big names to Wrestle Kingdom, especially if they're gonna go to Wrestle Kingdom, and and more than likely lose. I I don't see it happening. I'm sorry if you can hear my my audible burps, man. Like it's just uh, yeah, you good dog. I apologize, man. Like it's just, my stomach's upset. Should have took some tums. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. Uh, we can wrap it up in a little bit. We're almost we're almost through this stuff. Um, uh, I'm chilling. Uh, we're chilling, baby. Well, listen, I got things I gotta do. <laughs> You're gonna be my scapegoat, but I'll just tell you right now, I got stuff I gotta do. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I got lunch. By the way. Uh, you can clean. You know, you can clean your washer with with, with vinegar. Yeah, dog. You throw some vinegar in the washer when you're uh, when you run it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clean, so I'm gonna do that in all a minute. The gunk. Yeah, I'm gonna do a load with some vinegar in it, and then I'm gonna do another load in the evening when the energy costs ain't too high. With just plain, plain, just run a cycle with no vinegar. With vinegar. You're smart. You're smart. Mm-hmm. Anyway, big brain. Big brains. I'm very excited for the fact of Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega in any capacity right now, and I think, I think you have to put United Empire in the next round of this trios tournament. I think Death Triangle will always be Death Triangle, and with reports of Will, I mean Will Ospreay has said a new United Empire member is coming. I think this is a perfect time to put Kip Sabian on it, because not only does Kip Sabian uh, need a big direction and some kind of purpose, but he's actually also going after pack. So what if Kip Sabian finally makes his television debut again, cost death triangle, the trios tournament and joining United empire. And then that builds to an all Atlantic championship match of Kip Sabian versus pack. And then he potentially get United empire versus, uh, you know, the elite. Right. Exactly. You can build down to there too. You have the big freaking brain right now, dude. Jesus Christ. Hey, dude. Also, by the way, in a couple weeks, we got to pick for all out, baby. Oh my God. Yeah. God. Return of the segment. Well, we're gonna have a. I think we're gonna have a late episode coming out that week. You're actually coming over to watch it, and I don't think we're gonna record that late. (laughs) Yeah. So, by the way, just prepare. Um, the weekend of Labor Day, we might have a Labor Day special come out. I'm going to Kyle's house. We're gonna finally uh, chill out and, and watch some sh- watch some wrestling together. And just eat some steak, have some brewskis, just hanging out, watching wrestling. Been a while since we've done it, honestly, in person. I don't think we've ever done it in person. Not. Well, I thought you back back when you're at a back in the older days, maybe. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think we ever watched wrestling live together, like. In a in a place where we watch it on TV, I think we went to a, a few shows together, but yeah, well, it'll be a first. <laughs> it'll be a big first. Also, I when I don't want to get too into it on Rampage, but do you remember when Rampage was actually a must-watch show? I miss those days of Rampage. Oh, oof, shots shots fired. It hasn't been must-see A-list television with. Feuds culminating on matches. It feels like a bunch of mid carters and jobbers. It feels like it just a, a a more bloated elevation with these matches being a little bit longer. I can't remember the last time I watched Rampage because I was excited to watch it and just because it's more wrestling to consume on Friday night. I yeah, miss when Rampage is big. With it. They need to do something with it. They're not. 
It's gonna be fuck. It's just ra- It's just fucking. It's a shorter elevation. Is all it is. It's depressing. That's it's, it's dynamite's obviously the flagship, right? And then you know, rampage is just slightly below it. But they they need to do more to make it uh to make it cool, you know. Yeah, and again, I don't know if this is just me criticizing harder on AEW because WWE stepped it up, but I also think that's a fair point because if the competition's stepping it up, you kind of got to step it up too. AEW has been declining in viewership year over year, statistically, yes, with numbers being shown. And, I mean, it's just not felt as red hot as it used to feel for me. Like, I, I mean, I'm watching it and I'm enjoying the show, but it's not like I'm going insane and talking about it like right after the show and theorizing and being as excited as I used to be about it. And I don't yeah, know if that's it, just because it, WWE is picking it back up or not. It's great, but WWE, like the Shadow of Mordor, well, I, mean, I don't even want to use the Shadow of Mordor. It's just a negative context. WWE stepped its game up, man. Tony Khan, this is, this is, this is do up, or bitch. die time. <laughs> we're Grand Torino telling All Might with the last of his power this is do or die they just they just gotta step it up a little I think yeah. and I, I, I would hope they do me too man cause I don't want a world without AEW and I don't want a world without WWE I want a world where I'm legit excited to watch both shows because they're both great and it's like damn dude WWE won up them this week well, well AEW did it last week it's just like back and forth like who can make me happier? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think I think I'm with you. AEW only gets the nod because one, I love Moxley and I hope Moxley wins. He's not, but whatever. And also just because Candy's back. I think that's the only reason I'm gonna give AEW this this week. Yeah, A AEW got this week, but to me it's a slim margin. Yeah, it's definitely not a blowout or anything. So no, hundred percent. It's not like so I mentioned what you know. But shit, dude. The more good wrestling we get, it's it's better for better everyone. for everybody. Better for business. The fact that I get five more hours of wrestling a week that I'm actually not forcing myself to consume and actually enjoying, it's so great. I've been enjoying it so much. Yes, sir. I agree, man. I agree. hundred percent. I agree. Oh, all right. You got anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh. Oh, dude. So, no thing. I'll, I'll, I got pissed at myself earlier because I went. I had to go to the South Side, right, and drop off uh, some some wedding favors for my buddy's wedding. And you know, you know the big HB on the South Side, the military Is one. There? Yeah, gas was at three seventeen there, but the line was packed, and I was just there, like, do I want to wait? And it was like three car wait, and I was like, nah. So I went to the I went to the Valero, uh, a little bit down the road, right up the road, three forty three. And oh. like I was a quarter tank, and I was like, if I would have freaking waited, I would have paid thirty cents less. But I thought my time was more valuable, and I think I ended up paying like eight bucks more than I would have. I just waited, but I don't know how long I would have waited. Maybe like an extra like my my, my twenty minutes that I I could have waited was probably was worth eight bucks. I don't know, but I kind of felt pissed. <laughs> I was pissed at myself for. Yeah. No, fuck no, that. No, uh, I was a little upsetty, you know. I'm I'm just glad that I in town here in San Marcos, the average price is about three sixteen, and I'm so fucking happy Austin about that. Austin, three sixteen. Thank fucking God, gas prices isn't fucking cost me another mortgage. 
God damn, dude. I the dark <laughs> times are almost past us, Nathan. We're getting back to normal. Yeah, dude. Thank you know. I need Biden to freaking my already. Yeah, they're they're like they're uh they're talking about. Well, the rumor was that Biden was gonna do something with the with the student loans, right? Either extend it again. Or rumor is he was going to cancel it right before midterms to get the voter base generated, which would be smart, but I'd be pissed because he should have done it a long time ago. But I get it. You're playing politics and stuff, but we got two weeks. We got a, like, what, what, dude, August is slime. August through December is the train wreck. But we got a week and a half before my loans are due again. We got to do something <laughs> this week. Biden, what's going on with these loans, baby? Are you going to extend them or you're not? If you tell no, me, you hey, you got to vote Democrat. You tell me, hey, the Dem- we need to vote the Democrats in and, you know, to get more. I- I'm with you because, you know, who wants to re- who wants to vote GOP? They don't like women. They're Andrew Tate. But you want to vote for Andrew Tate? You want to vote for Andrew yeah, Tate? Fucking get him. Fucking huh. get him. Jesus Christ. Well, no, you're good, dog. You're good. J- JC help understands. Me with- Big man upstairs, Stay- he gets it. Help me with my student loans. Five. No. No, help yourself. Come on. Lace yourself awesome. up by your bootstraps and take care of them yourself, little baby. Just cancel 10 grand and we'll be good. You'll be happy. Be great. <laughs> get, get this economy going, baby. One day. One day. Nathan, send us on home, dog. I want to thank you once again for listening to us ramble, talk about nothing <laughs> for the past <laughs> hour or so. Nah, but again, thank you, everybody, for joining us on an episode of Missing the Marks. We'll try to be more consistent, but we got a lot going on. We're both busy boys. Uh, Mr. Mr. Engaged over here has got to plan a wedding, and oh, uh, I, know. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, which we're going to try to get our WWE correspondent to come back again. Uh, probably gonna see what he's doing. <laughs> probably try to get him on next week. Uh, we all been busy, <laughs> but hey, shout out our WWE correspondent, man. He used to be part of a promotion called ESW, and uh, apparently, an Angels knew who he was. And oh, I, and yeah, ESW, yeah, with that, got, like, with that some, word some, we can't, with the name we can't say, really. Some of their, uh, some of their matches, like uh, if you go to YouTube, ESW Backyard Wrestling had like, like I think up to 500k or like 1 million views and stuff, and like it's fun. You know, I'm not. I think those only a couple towns that actually when it did something. Shout out to actually, yeah, they did. Chip Garrison, baby. Chip Garrison's out there. Um, I think he had his roots in ESW as well, but um. Yeah, Alan Angels actually recognized them from what it sounds like. And I thought that was a cool little moment. You know, Alan Angels saying, like, are you who you think I am? He's like, yeah, I am, baby. What's up? I was that guy. <laughs> and, you know, they had a cool little interaction on Twitter and everything. But it, it's it's awesome, man. Like, I'm glad those uh, little backyard promotions, you know, those indie scenes getting love everywhere. But shout out to our WWE correspondent for uh, having this little moment. Uh, we're proud of you. We're happy for you. But um, as always... Thank you again, once again, for joining us on another episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, The Pony Express, USPS, Blockbuster, Netflix, uh, that guy behind the street that doesn't sell drugs and just wants you, you know, to have a good life. Because who sells drugs? No one sells drugs, right? It's just uh, Robbie and Chipper. I don't know what, what I'm talking about. What the fuck are you talking about? End this. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Kyle's got to go do some stuff. But anyway, thank you again once, people. You have a good Kyle, say goodbye. Tell him that you got shit to do and you just want to go do it already. I got shit to do. Nathan's fucking rambling. I love you, people. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode next week for you. Are you guaranteeing next week, baby? I'm definitely guaranteeing next week. Say goodbye, Nate. Later. Don't be agitated.